Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Free at Last, and Now What? Do you want to know why you can curse God? Do you want to know why you can reject Him, spit in His face, compare your sins equal to His payment to be free from them? Do you want to know why you have a right to breathe? to walk in his creation and do whatever it is you want to do with it? Do you want to know? 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So I sometimes preface who my message is for, and I will confess that because my heart is to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to make disciples whereby their fruit remains, Most of them are not for the unbeliever. They cannot be understood by someone, anyone, who is openly against God. 1 Corinthians 2.14, Mark 4.11.12 Can the stupid understand the word of God if their heart is willing? 1 Corinthians 1.25.29 Yes. So get stupid and get saved before you no longer have the option. So if you are an unbeliever, you are welcome as this message is for you. Yep, I'm not one who kindly preaches the gospel to every creature, because it's not my calling. Mark 16, 17, 18 Do I tell people of God as the opportunity permits? Of course, but to be the preacher man is not my spiritual vocation. I leave that to those who are called to it. My God, if the church could keep up with Billy Graham and all of the fish he brought into the kingdom... Jesus may have already had the right to return to earth this very moment. But because of the condition of the church and its lack of understanding of the purpose of the church and the necessity of equipping the saints for the work of ministry and making disciples who are equipped to go out into the world and operate in the calling that God has placed in their hearts, we could not ever possibly catch and clean the preacher's harvest. But this can and will change. No holes in the net is a principle in the Bible we should all be striving for. I have a message titled, Nets vs. Net, a fish story for the ages. For more on that principle, you can see that story in Luke 5, 4, 10, and John 21, 6, 11. In my three-circle model, I have placed every and all of humanity in one of the circles. Basically, we are all born into circle two. If you get authentically born again, you transition to circle one. If it is not your time, but by all means, you have a time for salvation, then you remain in circle two. Now circle three is for the openly professing kids of the devil, the seed of the father of lies, John 8, 45, 1 John 3, 8, Jude 11, 2, and Timothy 3, 1 through 7. There is way more on that statement in a message titled Seedy Seedlings, but so there are those who go from circle one to circle three, and the New Testament is full of examples. But I will provide just one reference for you to read later. 2 Peter 2 Can a person be delivered from circle three? Yes. James 5, 19, 20 Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So, but this is not a good place to be, 
because of the many demonic and sin influences that exist in that circle. My belief is that this is a special calling for the mature Christian to be sent into. There is a high probability that if you send in a baby or a young person, that they will get ensnared and you could lose them. This is not necessary and easy for the wise to understand. So my focus is on circle one. This is where the believers dwell and this is where I am called and gifted for. I've always wanted to help others to become the best version of themselves. And as super frustrating as this calling can be sometimes, nothing beats the amazing relationships you can develop over time. But mostly, it's about that disciple growing and becoming something other than they might have become had they not encountered your ministry. The frustration comes from those who give up on the process short of success and breakthrough. You never get used to it. Lose a one into a three and your heart weeps. Now Ephesians 4, 11, 16, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, Matthew 28, 18, 20, and John 15, 16 are my foundational scriptures for task events in the Applied Strengths Ministry. I have been equipped to equip and to teach. This is where my energy flows freely and without burden. Matthew 11, 28, 30. I will open them up here just so we once again continue to stir up whatever God is wanting to stir up in you right now. If you do not have scriptures that define you and your ministry, be it at a church address or otherwise, then you can request that from him right here while you are listening to this message. Ephesians 4, 11, 16. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Matthew 28:18:20 And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. John 15:16 You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Okay, I've explained the three circles in several other messages, but I'll do it again in here in case this is the only one you listen to. We have three circles. The one on the left is red. The one in the center is gray. The one on the right is black. The red one has an arrow pointing up. The gray one has arrows pointing to the red and to the black. And then the black one has an arrow pointing down. The red one is for authentically born-again Christians. The gray one is where all of humanity comes up 
And the black one is for non-believers, Satan's kids, backsliders, and those who have wandered from the truth or chose to walk away. So enough about me and why I am doing what I am doing. Let's get back to Jesus and see what we have here that is so darn impressive about this opportunity that we have been given. And that opportunity is that we can choose to live with God forever as long as we strive to enter into the narrow gate. Matthew 7, 13, 14. And spend our time getting to know Him and obey His commandments. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8. Serving one another in grace, faith, and love. Galatians 5, 6, 1 Corinthians chapters 13, 14, verse 1. Hebrews 11, 6. James 2:14:20. In Isaiah, the book that has a name that is almost impossible for me to remember how to spell, has some of the most wonderful documented events that has ever taken place, are taking place, and will take place. Many do not know that this guy put Nostradamus to shame with his 100% accuracy in telling us what is to come. And although it hasn't all come to pass yet, in totality, over 2,000 prophecies have come to pass, leaving less than 500 remaining. Not that they all came from Isaiah. I have been delaying getting into the scripture, but I feel I can do so no more. Isaiah 53, 6:12. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, every one, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, him being Jesus. Of course, that's the Jesus that wasn't born yet. I want to go on, but we must ask ourselves, what is being said right here? The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord has laid on whom? Jesus. And like I said, he wasn't born yet. And so how is it he had laid, already did so, on him who had not yet been born? And what are this Lord and him? Are they not one and the same? Yes and not yet. My ignorance of the full revelation of this simply compels me to move forward. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Okay, so this theme is now reoccurring, is it not? He was, was, was. But he was not yet born. Ha! <laughs> we will get there. So what of more importance is what Jesus did, not will do, even before he already did it, but already did, before he did. He was silent in our murdering him without a cause. He was silent. He did not speak a reviling word to anyone. 1 Peter 2, 21-25 So in this you have a right to do to him whatever you want. But in doing so, I want you to take a look at his response to your rebellion. Verse 8. He was taken from his prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. He made me do it, you say. I responded in like kind because they started it first. He struck, so I struck. No violence from the one who created all things from a violent, turbulent, whippy whirlwind of chaos. But towards you, for your openly confessing, he is non-existent, 
He has no violence for you. Verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. Okay, so now wait a minute. It pleased him to bruise him? And here it is stated again that it already happened. Okay, so you know me. I must confer with DCOM to see what manner of emotion this is. Pleased. Used as a polite addition to request, command, etc. If you would be so obligingly, kindly, please come here. Would you please turn off the radio? Verb. Used with an object. Pleased. Pleasing. To act to the pleasure or satisfaction of. To please the public. To be the pleasure or will of. May it please your majesty. To like, wish, or feel inclined. Go where you please. To give pleasure or satisfaction. Be agreeable. Manners that please. There it is. It pleased himself to do to himself what he did before he was born. For your sake, in the hopes that you would see it. That you would see it. That you would see. So now there is no need going into the probability that it happened before all of this stuff ever happened. But isn't it possible? According to First Peter, it's not only probable, but in fact, it is a fact. 1 Peter 1.20 He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Okay, so that's for another message if I haven't already done it. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. He's talking about you, isn't he? You, if you come in, are the pleasure of his soul. And he saw and experienced it before you were born. Yep, you are the pleasure of his soul, so much so, that he was able to endure the cross in hopes that you would lose your appetite for the sins of this world and try him on for size. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their inequities. I got to go back to it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him, to be sin for us. Is he not saying that we become what we do? So if we sin, we become sin? Does it matter if we also remain in sin? Yes, whether we practice unrighteousness or righteousness depends entirely whether we remain in sin or despise it. Perhaps now is not a good time to share with you that sin is actually alive and that its desire is for you. Hmm. Well, if you're interested, you can see that in Romans, sin is personified, and in Genesis 4-7, sin is attributed with having a desire, and is sitting at your door waiting. Also, something a dead thing cannot do. Verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Does this sound like any God ever created a sinful man? Is there anything comparable? Silver or gold statues? Wood or pewter idols? Who have no hearing or seeing? Nope. We are so sideways as a human race that we cannot create a God that was better than the one that created us. He is matchless and nothing in all of creation compares to him. There is nothing. Okay, so that scripture by Isaiah was and is intense. 
no tense unnecessarily attributed to it today or for tomorrow, but for now because it already happened, and yet we still have free will and choice. Okay, so I'm winding down, but not so fast, as I think that God is trying to get your attention here. Let's look at what he did for you. Now as you read these, think about how great you and your life is. Go ahead and compare all that you have, and ever think you will have achieved, to what he did for you. Lay it on the table of salvation if you dare. I say this because many think that they will be taking their good items list, or resume, to God, and presenting him with some unknown facts about who they are and what they did. Their nice list, even if it wrapped around the entire universe one gazillion times, for all of time, would not gain them access into the kingdom of God. They cannot become sin and sin at the same time. Only perfection could have achieved this, and he is perfection. 1 Peter 2.24 Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Live for righteousness? We have a job to do, and with him we can also shock the world as they did before we could measure shocks. Acts 17.6 So Galatians 3.13 states, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Yep, you did not need a witch to curse you. You opened the door for that when you sinned against God. Deuteronomy 28.15.68 Colossians 2.13.15 So Matthew 8.17 states that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. See, it happened just as Isaiah said it would. John 8.36 Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from what? If you haven't wrestled with sin after you have been authentically born again, then you know not what I am referring to here. But for those who loathe sin and fall into it after being set free from it, no. Yes, you know. You will spend the rest of your walk with God trying to stay free, while also setting others free at the same time. But with all the revelation that you have received about what Jesus did for you, in that you would have access to Him for all of eternity, it is motivating enough to know that you have been delivered from a living and pursuing sin. Well, that's it for today. Be free and remain free. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.